everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome to Fellowship Church. You guys happy to be here? I am. I really am. This is uh, such a great, great place. There's nothing like the church. Whenever I think about the church, I do think about a lot of wonderful things, and one of the things happened to Lisa and I a couple of years ago. I've, I've shared this story before, but we were at a flea market, specifically in Canton, Texas, and I went with Lisa and we did some shopping. It was very interesting to watch so many women push these shopping carts at a NASCAR-type pace throughout the aisles of this flea market. The people watching was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, that's, that's the only word for it. Anyway, after we'd shopped for a while, we were like, it's time to eat. So we found a food court, basically some tables that were strategically arranged in the shade, and you could sit at these tables, eat the food, and watch all of the people just filing by in the triple degree Texas heat. So Lisa and I got some chicken sandwiches from a chicken sandwich restaurant, we were sitting down, munching on these chicken sandwiches, watching all the people filing by. And then a worker from the restaurant where we bought the chicken sandwiches walked up to the table and she began serving samples of the food to us we were already eating. So she was content to do that because after all, we were in the shade. And Lisa goes, Ed, all the girl has to do, all she has to do is walk out of the shade into the sunlight and serve samples to hunks of humanity who are filing by. That's all she has to do. But she's just content to feed the picnic people, those of us sitting at picnic tables, stuffing our faces with chicken sandwiches while she served us samples of the food we were already eating. As we discussed this more and more, I said, you know, that sounds like a lot of Christians I know. And then I said, you know, it sounds like a lot of churches I know. People feeding the already fed. The church is a table where people come to get fed. The church is a table where people come to dine on the bread of life. John chapter six, verse 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Not only is the church a place where people come to get fed, the calories and the nourishment from the bread of life gives us the energy and the octane to push away from the table and do what God wants us to do and to be who God wants us to be. Also, the table has chairs around it. There are various chairs. In this context, we have the chair who happens to be the lead communicator, or you could call this person the pastor. I'm basically the dude 
with the food. I'm sort of a chef, if you will. I'm serving the bread of life, hopefully and prayerfully in a creative and compelling way. The bread of life, let's face it, the bread of life does not deserve any half-baked presentation, does it? It should be served the way everyone can see it, taste it, and understand it. So that's what I do, and that's what our team does here at Fellowship Church. We serve the food in a creative and compelling way. In this first chair, because there are three other chairs, this first chair is a unusual chair. This first chair around the table, and this is sort of our template, our grid, for everything we do at Fellowship Church. It's been this way for a long, long time. This first chair would be chair one, and this chair should be occupied by the churched unchurched, or maybe the pre-Christian, whatever you wanna fill in. But I, I like to call it the churched unchurched because in the area in which we reside, there's more, there's more churched, unchurched people than any place I've ever seen in my life. That's one of the reasons I wrestled with my, my call, God's call, for me to come up here and to pastor fellowship. I said, you know, there's so many spiritual restaurants in Dallas-Fort Worth, so many seminaries, so many tele-evangelists, so many ministries, so many churches, so many big steeple, few people, churches, so much faux faith. I, 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 God, I don't want to go to Dallas. I mean, I love Dallas. I don't want to go up to Dallas. I was in Houston at the time. I wanted to go somewhere else. And one of the reasons that I didn't want to come up here was because of what I just described to you. It's almost cool, it's almost hip, isn't it? To say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh yeah, I'm involved in church, but as we say, talk is cheap, right? A lot of people who come to Fellowship Church are in various chairs, but in this chair, you have people who would be churched. When I say church, they have some sort of a background, whether it's Catholic, Lutheran, Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever it is, whatever it is whatever denomination, Episcopalian, whatever, you have church people, but, but so many times they're, they're unchurched. In other words, they know about God, but they don't know him personally. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And if we eat the bread of life, we'll never go hungry. I mean, I can believe that's bread all day long. I can say, oh yeah, that's bread. Oh yeah, that's a complex carbohydrate that so many of us are so paranoid about these days. We can talk about that, and oh, I believe it, and scientifically we can go through the facts and the data. However, the data doesn't matter until you take the bread, eat the bread, and digest it. So believing is 
not enough. This, this word in the Bible, believe, is more than just intellectual assent. It's more than just going, oh yeah, I believe it. It is totally committing oneself to it. It's giving your life to it. That's why when Jesus said, I am the bread, the bread is to be eaten and digested. We have a lot of people who come to our table, Fellowship Church, who are churched unchurched. They're in chair one. They're the pre-Christian. They're, they're drawn here because God, in fact, with his aroma of this freshly break, bed, break, I'm sorry, this freshly, that's hard to say, isn't it? Freshly baked bread. Isn't that hard to say? I've never thought about that. Freshly baked bed. Yeah, freshly. I can't say it. Freshly, fresh, freshly baked bread. I'll be saying that for the rest of my I'll be saying that for the rest of my life. Freshly baked bread. I've got it. That aroma draws people. It's a, it's a, it's a God aroma to the church, to Fellowship Church. We have a lot of people in chair one. We, those of us who know Christ personally, we have an opportunity, do we not, to engage with people to invite people, to, to bring them to the table. It's like you eat at a great restaurant. Oh man, you ought to try this new restaurant. It is so good. And you tell people about it, you're not ashamed to talk about it. Oh yeah, you've got to try this restaurant. So we, we do that and I'm so thankful so many, many of you have invited and are inviting so many people to sit in chair one. Chair one, chair one I would say is, is the most important of all the chairs. The reason being is, and I'm gonna talk about the ecosystem, how we move around the table. If you don't have chair one, if you don't have someone who does not know Christ and then you have someone who gives their life to Christ, when they say, okay, Jesus, you sit on the throne, the main, the main seat of my life. If you don't have that, you don't have discipleship. If you don't have that, you don't have true worship. If you don't have that, you don't have a church like God has built in this hour. So chair one is important. And here's what I've discovered about chair one. Chair one would be those, again, those people who don't know the Lord personally, the church done church. Everyone, everyone who's a believer wants to reach people until you start reaching people. Let me say that again. I've never met a Christian who said, oh, I just don't want to reach people. I've never met that person. Everyone who's a believer will go, yeah, I want to reach people. But here's the linchpin of the deal. When you start reaching people in chair one, when you start doing things, not everything, but doing certain things, the way you serve the bread to connect with chair one, that's when all hell breaks loose because the enemy, the devil, does not want a church to concentrate on 
chair one on people who are far away from God. When you do so, it changes, I'm talking to believers now, the way you pray, the way you preach, the way you worship, the way you plan, the way you build, it changes everything, everything. That's why one of the mantras at Fellowship is this. Fellowship Church is a place where we remain comfortably uncomfortable. We're comforted by Christ. He's the Lord of our life. He's sitting on the throne of our lives, yet we're uncomfortable for him. We're comforted by Christ. He's my Lord, he's my Savior. But we're uncomfortable enough to push away from the table and invite people, hungry hunks of humanity, to fellowship. So I ask you, like I ask myself, are you in the shade? Feeding samples of the Savior to the already fed, us four and no more? Or are you getting out into the heat into the elements, or you might say elements, and, and are you handing samples of the Savior to others? What kind of aroma do you have around your neighborhood, your apartment complex, your dorm, your neighborhood, your gym, the golf course, at Orange Theory? Thought I'd throw that in. What kind of aroma? Chair one, chair one. I'm so excited we're a chair one church. But there's another chair. You might be going, well, Ed, right now I'm chair one. And if you're chair one, okay, find yourself as I talk about this. You're, you're chair one, okay. Your homework would be commit yourself for the next several, several weeks, I would say at least four weeks, to showing up at Fellowship Church. You might be going, well, I don't even have enough faith. Faith is a gift from God. If you say this prayer, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. I promise you, over the next month, he will. That's your commitment. And we have a lot of people here who don't know the Lord personally. And we don't expect believers to act like Christians until they become Christians. So, so don't ever judge a biblically functioning church by chair one. I've heard that my whole life. Wow, I know so-and-so goes to fellowship and can you believe what she does for a living? I know he goes to fellowship. Do you know his reputation in the business world? I'm like, okay, there are many of those. Some have not been, but most of those are chair one people. So chair one, you have to think about three things. Number one, you have to think about the invitation. Good restaurant, we engage and invite people. And if you are a full court follower of Christ, you regularly must be inviting people to fellowship. Just the other day, I just decided to park and watch people file in to this beautiful church. All sorts of people. All walks of life. And some of the people that I watched, I recognized. And I thought to myself, wow, they've been so, so faithful. They're so amazing. 
And I saw others, you know, maybe in chair two, maybe others in chair one, which I'm explaining right now, maybe a few in chair three. And then I said to myself, I wonder how many of these people, especially in chair three, are inviting people far away from God to this house. I wonder how many, I wonder how many are doing that. Just a thought. Invitation. Also, we have preparation. We prepare, we prepare the food, I'll say it again, in a innovative and compelling way. The food is the word of God, the Bible. That's our food. Simply put, we are a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Yet, we take the food and serve it in a creative and compelling way. Last night, Lisa and I went out with some friends to eat Mexican food. I love Mexican food. I think in heaven, we'll have a lot of Mexican food, but that's another subject. And the preparation specifically at this restaurant was was amazing. Now I've been to a lot of Mexican restaurants and I like all types of Mexican restaurants. This one though, the way they presented it was on an HNL, a whole nother level. It really, really was. And the thing I liked about it when I looked at the menu is the menu, it had some Spanish and stuff, but it explained itself in English. Whenever we do anything here, whether it's a worship set, whether it's a short film, whether it is a message, whether it is something at Children's Church or at Lasso Ranch or, 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 at, or at some women's event or you name it, we always think about serving the food where people can understand it, apply it, eat it, and digest it. So the invitation, the preparation presentation, we prepare, we work hard at preparing the food to serve the way people can understand it. Chair one, chair two, chair three. Also to the presentation of the food matters. It's easy just to kind of just show up and do nothing, you know? It's easy to have just some acoustic guitars and it's, it's easy just for me to go through book after book in the Bible. I mean, that's, that, that's easy. It's easy for me to use the language of Zion, Christianese. It's easy for me to talk over your head because I'm educated uh, above and beyond most of you. Maybe not all of you, but most of you theologically. So it's very, very simple for me to talk and to serve food over your head. That's not why I'm here. That's not why you're here. We're here to serve the food where people understand what they're donning. I'm not saying everybody in chair one's gonna understand, but that's the deal. So the invitation, the preparation, and the presentation is something we're totally committed to. So you move from chair one, hopefully, there's movement to chair two. Now chair two is a, is a, is a chair, and maybe you're in chair two. Chair two is someone who's just made this faith decision. They're born again. They have, they have opened the lid of their lives and invited Christ to come in. We're saved by grace 
through faith. And even faith, as I said earlier, is a gift from God. So they're brand new believers. And we have a lot of brand new believers. We have a lot of people who've just been born again. A lot of people who were Gerber donning, playpen whining, nap timing, little babies. We do. And we don't expect, again, babies to act like mature and until they get mature. Maybe you're a baby. Awesome. Maybe you're kind of growing through the motions. That's what it's about. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, therefore, you see it there, leaving, I mean, we don't, we don't become a baby and, 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 and live like a baby the rest of our lives. I mean, as a parent, you know, you have kids, you want your kids to grow. One day, wow, I want you to feed yourself. One day, let's take the diapers away and you can wear big boy pants or big girl pants, right? I'll stop there. But if the truth were known, there's a lot of people. Maybe you've been in this chair for a long, long time. Yeah, you're born again, but you just are sitting in a dirty diaper. Still eating baby food. The Bible says again, Hebrews 6, 1, we move on, we go on to maturity. Leave, one day, the elementary teachings about Christ and let us press on to maturity. You know, physical maturity just kind of happens. It's kind of a natural thing, you know. I've never told people, hey, I'm mature. <laughs> I got married at 21, fathered four kids. I'm mature, man. Now I got five grandkids. I'm mature. I have a house. I have a mortgage. I have a couple of cars. I'm mature. No, no one says that. You just are, you know? Okay, you're mature. Yes, Ed, you are mature, or maybe you are mature. So, so we're, we're moving on to maturity, and it happens sort of naturally. Now, spiritually speaking, to go on to maturity, it's, it, it's simple to explain, but you've got to do some things to move through it. Have you been, though, born again? If you're born again, you're a new believer. And new believers, we go through stages, and you'll see them there on your message map. The first is the pacifier stage, the pacifier stage. And a lot of us and a lot of churches just sit right here in the pacifier stage, and we sit in the high chair, the I chair, the my chair, and a lot of people, especially in our area, just remain for the rest of their lives. <laughs> it's about me. I don't feel it. I want more worship, longer worship. <laughs> I'm not getting fed. You mean you've been a Christian for 30 years? and you don't know how to feed yourself? <laughs> High maintenance. If you've been here for three or four years, man, something has got to change. And, and these are the people, 
you, you, you stop here at this high chair, the I, I'm sorry, I chair, my chair stage. And here's where, here's where pastors really mess up. And when I have an opportunity to talk to leaders, I do this. Pastors many times will go, oh man, they're loud. Oh, I, I've got to console them. I've got to help them. I mean, they might be going rogue. They might, they might leave. Oh, here, here's a pacifier. Here's some more food. And look, I've turned my back on the masses trying to appease the eye chair, the whiny, crying Christians. And there's so many churches in Dallas-Fort Worth, there are churches that are tailor-made for that crowd. In fact, if you look at their worship center, they're just full of high chairs. <laughs> then another stage, and that's good. Hey, babies are gonna be babies for a while. I dig it. But then there's another stage. You go from the pacifier stage to puberty. You know, pimple popping, hip hopping. Teenager, and teenagers. I get it, I was a teenager. You think you know so much, you don't know Jack, but you think you do. It's part of being a teenager. You know, you think you can dress and walk. You have the pimp lamp going, selfie. You have no concept of money. Are you kidding me? You just think, it just happens. You go to a restaurant, it just happens. We live in this incredible house, it just happens. Go on this vacation to Disney World, it just, it just happens. We don't expect you to be mature because you are a teenager. I get it. And teenagers whine and moan. Oh, you're so unfair. Man, my friends get to do A, B, C, one, two, three. You're just paused on puberty. Because the other stage is after the pacifier stage and after the puberty stage, there's the parent. And, and, and a, a lot of us, when we're teenagers, we look at stage three, chair three, and it's like, whoa, man, that's a lot of responsibility. I'm just gonna hang out here in limbo. Because here's what Jesus said about this situation. And chair three is a full court follower of Christ. That's someone who's received Christ. That's someone who's grown through, you see, the eye chair, the pacifier stage. They've grown through the teenage stage and now they are a mature, full court follower, March Madness, Disciple of Christ. The Bible says, talking about chair three, Jesus said, my food is to do. We don't live to eat, we eat to live. Is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. But solid food, Hebrews 5 says, is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. The menu the Bible, 
The venue, the only thing that Jesus ever built, the local church. Parachurch groups are fine and dandy, FCA and Young Life and all that. They're not the church. Christian school, it's not the church. Christian university, if there is one anymore, it's not the church. The local church is the hope of the world. What's the revenue? Change lives. That's, that's our revenue. It's, 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 it's amazing. So chair three people understand this. Now, from chair two to chair three, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, count the cost. You see that? Count the cost. Jesus said, you better take inventory of your life because to go from chair one to two, and especially from two to three, you've got to count the cost. Now, now what are you talking about? The relational cost. You've got to say, I am going to have my relational foundation at church. My best friends will be followers of Christ. That's for everybody. Also, I'm going to have people in my life who don't know the Lord, but here's the clincher. I'm going to meet them in areas that will not cause me to comp compromise. I'll meet these people in areas that will not cause me to compromise. Because we can compromise so much that we have to ask ourselves the question, who's converting whom? There's also, you'll notice here, a time cost. I mean, if you're not going to church regularly, I doubt you're a believer. I know we're saved by grace through faith. I know that. But Jesus said, I will know my followers by the fruit. If you're not actively involved in a church, you're probably not a believer. Okay, there's another, there's another cost, a financial cost. And this is where people are like, oh man, no wonder chair three is, is for those who are mature because the Bible says straight up front, these aren't my words, first 10% goes to the house. Whether you make 100 million a year or whether you make 10,000 a year, first 10% goes to the house. This restaurant where Lisa and I ate last night it was nice, and my friend picked the bill up. I mean, I'm not a slow pay artist, but he did. <laughs> he did. And I was like, man, thank you. I, I wanted to get it. I, I really did. I really did. But you know those people who were the slow pay artists, don't you? You know, the check comes, that little black little folder, you open it up, it's like, whoa. And your friend's like, boom, you go, <gasps> Let me, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, we do. We have, we have people here who are so, so generous, so, so giving. And you understand you pay for the meal. I mean, obviously, it's an act of worship. Money is part of us. And those of us who understand this, understand God's economy, Others of us, though, are just, we're just letting other people pay. Many of us are just walking the check. Have you ever tried that before? I haven't. You keep doing it, they'll arrest you. So it's a hard issue. You know, I, I can't, or we, we can't give you a little black folder with your bill. We, we don't send you, send you 
bills to, to pay. Just between you and God. But it's one of these things, like all of these things, that will revolutionize your life. So I just pray, church, that we're chair aware. I pray we never get away from chair one, chair two, chair three. I pray we always understand the table. It's mentioned 72 times in the Bible. The table, the table, the table. The Old Testament, the table of shoe bread. Then David in Psalm 23 talking about, I set a table in the presence of my enemies. The disciples reclining at the table. And as Jimmy and I talked about in this series on the end times, we will have a forever feast at the table in heaven. Last question, and then I'm off to Frisco. Where are you, one, two, or three? Great. What is it gonna take for you to go from one to two, two to three? And if you are in three, are you handing out samples of the Savior to the picnic people, or are you getting out into the heat and serving the bread of life to hunks of humanity who are passing by. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this message. I thank you for this vision that you've given Fellowship Church and that you've given the church. And I thank you for the bread of life. And I pray, Lord, if there's a chair one person and you want to give your life to Christ, you would simply say, Jesus, I give my life to you. Sit in the driver's seat. I turn from my sins and turn to you. I dine, I eat the bread of life. Maybe you're in chair two and maybe you've been there too long. Maybe you find yourself in the pacifier stage or the puberty stage and it's time to move on, to press on to maturity. Those here who are in chair three, may we continue to do God's bidding May we continue to engage and invite and serve and share and sow into the only thing you've ever built, this amazing restaurant. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.